It's Radio Free Topic, and I'm Audrey. I'm Donovan. Joining us this week, uh, uh, Master of Mortuary Sciences, one of the foremost experts on this particular podcast in the field of dying. (laughs) (laughs) It's Aries Joe. Hey, everybody. And uh, I just want to be real clear. I do not have a mortuary sciences degree. I'm a certified celebrant. But for any funeral directors who are listening, that would get real angry if I claimed to be (laughs) a mortuary scientist. I am a death educator and peer mentor for for grief. So, yeah. Okay. I I gave you a field promotion and I appreciate you. you. We have that authority. This podcast is actually... uh, uh, internationally accredited university uh, okay. something that we don't always let on to people because everybody'd be clamoring for a degree when they get on here well then i'm honored that i got one right off the bat thank you absolutely Welcome to the show it's our pleasure i'm dr donovan <laughs> dr don <laughs> Man, my degree is in, in crushing 100 seltzers a day and burping into the microphone Welcome yeah. back to the show <laughs> No, extremely, extremely, let's jump into it. Extremely rad uh, uh, career and in, in work that you do, and also in podcast form. You, you talk about this yeah. on Death Curious. Yeah. Which is a very, a, a whimsical <laughs> name that I appreciate. We were talking a little bit before the show about trying to hit, as we do on here, that tone between serious topics without it just being a somber, depressing time, because that's not engaging and that's. I don't know. I don't think that's a great yeah. way to look at even the heavy things in life. How long have you been doing your show? How'd you get into all this? Oh, well, I mean, how well, how long do we have? Because I feel <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I've been doing the show since I guess we started in late 2020 and it was very mm-hmm. different back then. It was called Death Care Decoded and it was just for funeral yeah. professionals. And then in the last like year, I guess in late 2022 we switched it over to death curious because we wanted to expand the topics that i could talk about and make it more for like the general public because we just keep seeing people uh come to us that are like i want to talk about death i need to know about death i want to know about like planning for a good death planning funerals and nobody knows how to talk about this and Mm -hmm. so we pivoted and it's been really great i've really enjoyed the interviews that i've been doing that are a little bit less focused on like how to grow a funeral business and are a little bit more yeah. like, how do we talk about death and like kind of like get out of this capitalist death culture that we have um, sure. that makes it really hard for people to access and is really unhealthy for our relationship to mortality. So, so many reasons they get you coming and going is the, is the phrase. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's a lot of what it is, is, is the, the industry around death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that it is called an industry, but it is. So, um, and again, I differ from the mortuary sciences, you know, air quotes, kind of crowd in that I don't call it an industry. I will call it a profession because there are professionals in like death, dying, grieving, mourning. But I hate thinking about people who pass away as like supply and demand products it's really gross (laughs) so but but like the company that i work for is called parting stone it's here in santa fe and you know it started yeah so we turn cremated remains into stones so instead of getting back like a bag of 
of ashes with like a zip tie when Not your loved best. one gets cremated. That's literally what happens. Yeah. And people are like, what do we do with this? And like, just put them in closets and then forget about buy them. Buy like, an urn. Well, and buy an urn, which is just another product. But then like an urn yeah. is sitting in your house somewhere and they're kind of stately looking or like this you're afraid true. they're going to spill. And then like grandma's going to be in the carpet. There's literally a scene in sex education about that, like where yeah. Amy's grandma gets like <laughs> grounded, you know. And so, you know, the founder of the company's granddad passed away and he started hearing all of these stories about like we love cremation it's more accessible it's better for the environment but like what do you do with the cremated remains and so he has a ceramics background and figured out how to turn them into stones working with los alamos national lab here it literally rocks yeah (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) um and then i yeah and then i came on actually with my art degree so i have an mfa in sculpture and also a ceramics background and like mold making and stuff so i was brought on in the early stages working directly in the lab with the cremated remains i lost my mom at 19 to suicide so a little trigger warning. Right. I'm probably going to talk about that a little bit. You might want to put one at the beginning of the episode. Please, but yeah. Um, yeah. So if if people don't like hearing about death by suicide, you can just probably skip ahead. We'll talk we'll about put like a time relationship. Yeah, yeah. 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 Relationship stuff, polyamorous stuff, gay shit later. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So um, so like I was in art school when my mom passed. Uh, it was my freshman year of college and I started seeing um, my, my grief and processing that very traumatic and sudden loss in my artwork. And so I also realized that none of my professors knew how to talk to me about death and grieving. I realized none of my friends knew what to do other than like put a Bud Light in my hand and be like, let's get drunk and which is a coping mechanism, but it's not the healthiest. And so I started using my visual art as a way to process that and deal with it and come to terms with it. And so death and ephemerality um, and just the nature of our mortality Mm. has been part of my visual art all through undergrad and graduate school. And then when I was teaching college in Nashville, where Donovan and I met, and then, um, yeah, I moved to Santa Fe, met the founder of the company, and everything just kind of seemed to come together, like my artistic background, my curiosity about making death care a better space for people like me who are not just like super conservative Christians, because that's really who funerals are geared towards these days. They're in a better and, place now. <laughs> like, that's not helpful. That's not helpful for me to hear right now. I don't believe in that place. So, you know, um, and yeah, that really was my experience with my mom. Nobody, like people lied, actively lied about her, um, mm. the way that she died at her funeral. It was very Fuck. like the cookie cutter, like the funeral that every single person, every single great grandparent I'd ever lost, like had, it was the same. And it didn't serve me or other members of my family that may have had different beliefs or a different relationship with her. Like the tumultuousness and like the really shitty time I had with my mom in high school and her mental illness like was not addressed at all. And I felt really disenfranchised and unheard because there's no space for that in conversations around death. People just become like saints once they pass. And that made my experience and my very complicated feelings even more complicated. And so I've always been like curious about how we can make these services better for people about how we can support people better in complicated loss and help people come to terms with death and talk about it a lot more easily so that we can be more prepared when the inevitable does happen because we're not guaranteed anything in this life except that it's going to be over so you know yeah you better prepare to address that and face that thing 
Yeah. And, and especially for queer and trans folks, right? Like for me being non-binary, knowing that like, if I don't have an advanced directive and a last will and testament, like in place, legally set up with a funeral executor that I know will honor my pronouns and do what I want, like I, that's, that shit's going to be left up to my family of origin who I love very much, but like, they don't understand a lot of my lifestyle and probably wouldn't do what I wanted. So, yeah. Yeah. Can I run that beat back just a minute? Can I run the backspin yeah. on the wheel for a second? I had a very similar experience of having a, a family member mm-hmm. passing away and sort of the lie by omission that took place at their funeral that was very hurtful to me. It actually took a dear friend of mine walking into the place. I had no idea he would be there. Uh, it was somebody that I knew independent from the cousin who passed away Mm -hmm. Uh, He was, in fact, my weed man. He comes walking into the (laughs) venue, comes walking into the fucking funeral home. And I go, yo. And he goes, what's up? And I'm like, how did you know Zach? You know, and we get to talking and he tells me what happened. And then there's there's no mention of that in the in the in the service, you know. Just, yeah, yeah, the sainted thing. It's it's so. It's so interesting how we, when somebody passes, the idea of not speaking ill of the dead uh, results in not speaking of them at all and right. creating the yeah. sort of lionized, fictionalized version of them as they, as they move yeah. out of our day to day. That's it's so real and it happens so often. And like, well, we don't want to like shit talk the dead, but like, right. We also want to be real about the relationships that we had in, in, in all of their multifacetedness, right? Like my relationships with people are complex and deep and that doesn't just go away when they die. Right. And, and not talking about all of it, it causes disenfranchised grief. It causes complicated grief and, and it can really fuck people up. So I'm out here trying to, help us do better i guess do better yeah we we appreciate that a a lot too a topic we've come to a lot on this show is is pervasive shame in this culture around sexuality in our case and around non-traditional relationships and the way that that Mm -hmm. isolates people and covers up for abuse and makes people think they're alone and dealing with something that a lot of people deal with and yep. I think there's a lot of overlap, particularly with with suicide. I have unfortunately lost something like three or four friends to suicide in probably the past ten years. There was a mm-hmm. couple of them in, in college that were very close together. That was uh, really jarring. And I I don't know. We've talked about it on here uh, pretty candidly. Like I've been suicidal. I attempted suicide as a teenager. Same. It's uh, it's it's brutal. And that there's that shame around that, especially from Catholic background and in my case and kind of oh, what yeah. I, I grew up in Christianity generally the whole like moralizing of suicide and what you're you're both describing the like ooh we can't we got to make up a lie of how they went cuz it would be inappropriate or unseemly or whatever or to just, discuss what actually yeah. or happened. just omission complete omission Completely. of how yeah. he passed mm-hmm. away it's like yeah he heroin he died of a heroin overdose yeah, let's right. all discuss let's, that because this is a moment that people can learn from you know like exactly. yes yes and it will and normalizing like people who are struggling with addiction to actually get help without shame right yeah shame is like i guess can be a learning tool in like health but in our society like 
I think way too many things are shamed, like slut shaming. Yeah. Addiction shaming, depression, all of the, yeah, it's just a real problem. Like we need to meet people where they are. Otherwise, like how are people going to be okay? I don't know. Yeah. You just start spiraling inside without having those kind of outlets. And I I felt that for a very large part of my life. Yeah. So I appreciate the, the work that you're doing with that because I, I, you know, I know plenty of people, even with, you know, relatively good frame of the world, I think, and not super retrograde views who can struggle with it also. Yeah. And in, in part, just because of all that accumulated experience you have of it being treated as a very difficult thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. A- after having those experiences, I've connected very strongly with a few friends who have lost people in similar ways. Mm-hmm. And I think found appreciation from them in the same way I did friends in the past, just being able to candidly talk about that and get the, yes. get the shit out of you because if it's, it's, it's such a weight to carry and there doesn't have to be resolution and answers to it. Just the act of like, this is what I am feeling because of this extremely senseless, jarring kind of loss of, of, of that kind of thing. You know, but it applies yeah. to the illnesses and overdoses and in every other way too. It just you remove some of the scary power of something like that, and then can look through it at the, at the lens of this is something that happens in your life, and that's part of what being alive is. Yes, and there's a beauty in that, even though it's a very you know it is a dark thing in its ways, and there's a lot of sadness in the loss of somebody and contemplating your own death. I've certainly felt more appreciative of my own life as kind of years have gone on, the more that I've directly confronted and talked about these things with people and been like accepting the weight of that, that there is an expiration date and an uncertainty to everything instead of being like, I'm going to pretend none of this. I'm going to numb myself to all of this. Everything's fucking cool. Because then you just get blindsided when something heavy happens because you're going to, you're going to be faced with that reality. Exactly. And like, that's actually a phenomenon called death avoidance that I talk about quite a lot. It's like in the mission statement of Death Curious, which is a podcast and a blog and social media. And the seltzer. It like scared my cat. <laughs> it's like, what? You had um, the most relaxed looking cat in your arms. That cat that was, was the most. That was Panchito. He's my, he's my child. He's my love of my we life. Love and, mm, we typically love him. Typically, we will derail the entire show Dude, if a yes. cat shows up on camera, but I oh. think we're having a good conversation. Oh, yeah, well, let's get it back. And, and Punch will be back, and Lil Frankie yes. will probably make an appearance. Lil oh, Fra- I call them my podcasts. They they love they oh love when I'm on the on the calls, so they, they get up here and fuck with my shit. I, so. I gotta call Amazing. Picky a podcat. I don't know how I yeah. haven't landed on that term. That's good as hell. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Wait, take take me back. What were the the seltzer and then the cats and then what were we saying? Oh, death avoidance. So that's the, yeah. yeah, that's what um, that's what it's called when we have this unhealthy like denial of this inevitable thing we're going to have to experience. Right? It's like um, there's a phenomenon for like how fetishization is actually made called it's called like um, I think avoidant thought 
syndrome some there's something anyway there's an article about it on my blog y'all can go read but um when we are told like not to think about something we actually become fixated on it and and that's how we develop many fetishes right so like if i tell you don't think about my cats right now like you're just gonna think about my cats right, right now right yeah funky, yeah, yeah exactly I want, I want to and then you're gonna that. Yeah, you're gonna. Well, so do I. But um, <laughs> you're just gonna become fixated on them, and that's what we do with death, actually. So if you think about like serial killer podcast culture and our fixation on like violent horror movies and the way that we fantasize about like violent deaths. And in a kind of unhealthy way, right? Like with the serial killer stuff, like you can probably name five serial killers like immediately. Can you name five victims of serial killers? Right? Probably Ooh, yeah. not. Drop the mic. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. Um, so we we fetishize like the death part um, and avoid the actual mortality and like the part that is actually going to help us. And there is also research that shows having a healthier relationship with death, being able to talk about it more freely, coming to terms with it um, can actually help us be happier and healthier. It helps us um, make healthier life choices. It helps us make better environmental choices and it helps mm. us be more likely to be generous and like help other people more humanitarian. There's a lot of research behind this. So like, it's going to help our own emotional well-being, and it's going to help like community building if we can just talk about death and come to terms with mortality more. So I, I talk about death avoidance quite often. Yeah. That's cool. I know there's a specific kind of term and phenomenon for mm -hmm. that because that absolutely explains a lot. And and in more of my kind of phrasing, I think we should avoid death avoidance and uh, aim to befriend skeletons. Yeah, George Bones, my gay skeleton is behind me here. So, look at him go. My skeleton bestie waving his pride flag. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out the the secret fourth mic of this uh, of this episode. George Bones. Do we want to uh, briefly describe? I think this would be interesting. Uh, what? How do we want it to go when we go? Yeah, love it. Great. You're talking you, in terms of like, how are we dying or what are we doing with my remains? What are we doing with the remains? What's the ceremony look like? Is there a yeah. ceremony? What are we doing? I'll hit it off. I think I want to be cremated. Okay. I like the concept of like a stone or a gem or something to be created of like, here's this represent representational thing that also has some of the physical matter that I was that speaks to kind of the paleontology nerd in me in the way that mm. like, I don't know that physical material is somebody and then it's a fucking rock, but there's still this common thread that went through all of that. Beyond that, like, I just want people in my life to be there and I don't want it to be horribly grim. I would like people to kind of, I don't know, the best funeral experiences I've had have been big on sharing stories about that person and the impact they made on you mm -hmm. makes you feel, I don't know, for me, it's made me develop relationships with people I wasn't close to like parents of a, of a friend who had passed mm -hmm. um, and gives you like this window into their life because they knew and appreciate all these things about this person that you care about that maybe I didn't get to see or their relationship was a different type. And I just found a lot of beauty and solidarity in that. And uh, I would want people hurt by me going away to to have that kind of support too and i think it's just rocking when people say nice things about me yeah. so let's do that <laughs> yeah 
I seem to recall a specific song that you wanted played at this event, and I actually have a little clip of it. And uh, we're uh, here's a little bit of it for the passing of Donovan eventually. Yes, the pregame. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. It makes me very happy. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna outlive you. You know that. <laughs> don't, say, don't say that shit. <laughs> what do you mean? I know that. Oh, I know this. <laughs> Somehow I know this. Deep in my soul. Audrey's myself. prophecy. I'm like uh, overweight and unhealthy, but I'm good. Some, for some reason, I'm j- I just know I'm never gonna die. I'm like here forever. <laughs> that is, that's real. That's real. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's, you can't kill my family with a gun. Like we're like invulnerable. Like we just don't die. <laughs> we die when we're 95. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, for, I feel like it is just for, something you can know. You know? You yeah. Know that. I feel like I'm going to be here a long fucking time. Uh, mostly against my will. Like, I think I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, kind of already. Like, if we if it's time, it's time. Like, I'm already sort of in a place where I'm like, whenever it comes, it's when it comes. And that's going to be, you know, has to be okay. Right? Because your time is your time. And that's what yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. Uh,. So for me, when I go, I want to have my remains wrapped up in mushroom filaments, like in a mushroom suit and thrown in a bog Mm -hmm. where I will very quickly be returned to the earth. I I don't want to, you know, I, I've spent a lot of my time trying to get out of the way in life. Like, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to take up too much people's time. I don't want to take up too much people's energy and I don't want to use this matter for longer than I have to. So I'm going to return it to the earth, get rid of it and be done and gone. Um, and I want everyone to listen to good music and uh, share memories of me and have a good time. Uh, you know, pour out, pour out a Miller high life in my honor, please. That's we what I'm looking it. for. The mushrooms can be home for a little frog or something. That's pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cute. A little froggy eat the mushroom. Maybe he get high. Maybe the mushroom. Maybe he gets high off the mushroom. Maybe you turn into magic mushrooms. That would be what if you? Okay, if you can, if you can get it. Okay, new funeral business. New funeral business. As soon as psilocybin becomes legal, I call it here. Into psilocybin. We're growing magic mushrooms from human bodies. I call it copyrighted now. TM. TM, 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 TM. I love that. And I do not, I don't want to crush your dream, but if you are talking about the mushroom suit, like, like the infinity suit that came out like eight or nine years ago, that is no longer in production. It didn't actually work very well because you, you are putting yourself inside a film of plastic where yes, mushrooms Mm. will bloom and then not be able to access the earth. And not thrive. Yeah. And so a green burial or natural organic reduction is actually a great way to just become one with the mycelium that already exists in your local area. Okay. That's what I want. Yeah. Green burial. If you want to like speed up the decay process, then natural organic reduction. Right now you would have to go to one of the seven states where that's legal. New York, Washington, Oregon, California, Colorado, Vermont, I think. And then one more. Um, But I have some love in New York. 
I have yeah. some love in my life for that. State. But a, a green a barrel is do. a great way to do that as well. So um, there are a lot of myths out there circulating somehow about like options that are actually available and, and then options that are not. And um, the, the infinity suit is one of them that like really took off because of that Ted talk. Sure. And um, it's just like not a thing anymore because one celebrity chose it while it was still being manufactured. And then they were like, well, we're not really doing this anymore. And then the other one that is actually as a death educator, this is the bane of my existence, is the fucking tree pods. Like everybody Mm. on TikTok is like, I want to be a tree pod. And it's like, that's so beautiful, but that's not real. It's like an art project somewhere in Denmark. Where there's like one blog post about it and every it's like and funeral directors who and especially embalmers who like actually work with like deceased bodies are like trying to like reverse birth grandma into this like tear shaped like ass first like <laughs> pod that we're gonna like grow a tree out like that nobody's gonna do that for you so. <laughs> don't unbirth grandma into a tree pod don't do it she wouldn't want this she, right so like green burial plant a non-invasive yeah. tree species close by uh because you you can't plant it directly over a fresh body either because new trees require a ton of water and what that's yeah, going to do is like make the body away. float to the top and uh, yeah, unbury no. you and then it's also going to be bad, bad for the tree because the tree roots are actually not going to be like wanting to grow in like meat stuff <laughs> so um Plant it nearby, not directly on top of you, and eventually you will be the soil that is nourishing the tree, just not okay. right away. So, so yeah, I, there is an article I'm, about listen, that. I'm in blog. no hurry. Yeah, there you go. When I'm yeah. done, well, again, I'm you're in gonna, no hurry. Yeah, there you go. Great. So, natural organic reduction, excellent option. Non-invasive tree species with green burial, excellent option to become a tree. Um, Turn me into a spruce, baby. There Let's you, go. There, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Like I would love to be a tree too, but like you know, it's it just is a little more complicated process than people realize. Yeah. And and no these people rush. like say these things and then think like, oh, I've made my death plan, and it's like that's not. You're going to walk into a funeral home and they're going to be like, hell no. And so actually, yeah, you're getting you're getting put in a box in the earth forever. No, right, and like that's not what box. anybody. The, the box is the worst Nobody option wants because the box. Nobody it wants is the box. so bad for the environment. It is like so fucking bad for the environment. So like mm. green burial, alkaline hydrolysis, which is water cremation, which actually Ooh. can have a net positive impact on the environment depending on how many metals are pulled from the body and recycled. Good options. So okay, yeah. Might look into that. I'm down for alkaline hydrolysis. Yeah, and so your family still gets like cremains. So they put you in this. It looks kind of like a clown cannon. It's like a metal tube (laughs) that they fill with water and a little bit of like salts and acids. And so it's an alkaline solution that just dissolves all the soft tissue in your body. And then that is effluent that is actually really good fertilizer. And so some states allow that to be sent to be fertilizer for like farms and stuff, not food, but like um, nature preserves and stuff, even though it could be food. It's completely sterile. It's just like it's just people are weird about it, but people are weird about it. Totally. Yeah. And then your skeleton is taken out and dried and then ground up. So I can't that's wait all for that... my skeleton to be taken out, dried, and ground <laughs> up. That's so my good. skeleton's been trying to escape for 31 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
my skeleton, your president's she, my skeleton yearns for freedom. <laughs> Aries, um, what's your, what's yours? Uh, what's yeah, your, what's your plan? Oh your yeah. Plan? So I definitely want either a green burial or natural organic reduction. Cause same, yeah. I want all of this to go right back into the earth and be as useful as possible. Right. Yes. Like why waste it? Don't definitely no embalming that freaks me out. <laughs> I know it's an art form there. I see, I've seen some really beautiful reconstructions. I'm not belittling or disparaging like the art form that it is. I know it serves some people, but not for me. Good for you. Not for me. Sure. And um, then, yeah, I, I do want like a big service. Like it's just like Donovan was saying, like I, I think I've been to some really good funerals where like I've actually made connections with other people who have cared about the people that I care about. And um, it's really helped that grieving process. It feels really healthy. So I definitely I do not want any kind of like you know church service i want it to be more like a party like yeah. maybe a burlesque show because that's like Hell my passion yes. in life right i want it to be very gay i want it to be like i want it to reflect me so yeah i have this whole playlist right of like music i want to be played um i would love for like photos and videos to be shown right like of me with the people that i care about and then aside from that separately i want my polycule to go have a giant orgy as we love to do so in my honor <laughs> Yes. Let's yeah. go. And they all Incredible have to call each plan. other daddy the whole time in that specific orgy because that's me. So they have to call each other daddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. United we in the fuck it. spirit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very important to me. I'm super, super sexual person. And like, I feel like it would not be a true reflection of who I was if that wasn't at least a little part of it amongst the people who I love and love each other. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm a, beautiful. Uh, I'm a, besides being a podcaster, I'm a segue expert and we, we can yeah. segue from there is the intersection between death and sexuality, oh, which yeah. brings us to our traditional guest question for you, which is, uh, you, do you have an embarrassing dating or relationship or sex story that we could, we could hear? Well, so you say embarrassing, right? An embarrassing sex story is really hard for me because like, I'm such a hypersexual person. I'm at this point, I'm like pretty comfortable in my sexuality. And like, even if things get goofy and silly, like I fucking love silly sex. Like yeah, I just kind of lean into that. Great. I fucking love <laughs> silly sex. I'm like laughing. Like I was doing a scene with someone recently and um like we were kind of ending it with fucking and then like there was just this giant queef and like we both like died laughing and it was like it made it better you know like it made it so much better i fucking and so i wouldn't call that embarrassing right but i do have an embarrassing date story that has come yeah. up very recently a lot i've actually told the story a lot so it's kind of fresh on my mind um it's also like the worst date i've ever been on um oh, no. so yeah it was it was that during was the, the pandemic. original question yeah. the original question <laughs> yeah. was what's the worst date you've ever been on but well, people would answer go. oh i was sexually assaulted and we would go okay oh no. uh, yeah that's pretty okay. bad shit yep. i need to rephrase okay. this <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah um it's not that that's not where we're going with this um except well i was kind of sexual maybe but not by a person so okay <laughs> um, yeah but, okay. okay so um it's during the pandemic um i went through a gnarly breakup in like November of 2019, it was a physically mm. abusive relationship. It was a, it was an emotionally Fuck. abusive relationship. Um, and I was like kind of just getting back into dating in early 2020 when the pandemic hit and great time I, for I, it. yeah. And so I, like, I did have a relationship at the beginning of the pandemic, but we moved like way too fast and like nested and it just wasn't, you know, it was, 
I shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. But um, you live and you learn. And so this was like later on in 2020, like on into the fall, I guess. And I was, I was actually trying like polyamory for the first time with someone who wanted to practice parallel poly, which is like not what works for me, but I didn't know that then. Like I need kitchen table. And yeah. so I was already kind of like awkward about like, well, I'm going on a date and I think it's okay, but like, I can't tell anybody about, it. I don't know. It feels weird. And so I was already like kind of going into it feeling a little weird, but it was this like kind of um, like skater bro that I had matched with on like Bumble or Hinge or something. Nice. And yeah, and I was getting into roller skating. So I was like, why don't we go hang out at the skate park because we can be outside. It'll be safe. You know, kickflips. Yeah, right. I like, don't know you know, a whole lot about well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know any much about skateboarding. <laughs> and so I show up, and this dude is there, but he's like there with like a bunch of other people he knows and is like not really talking to me that much. What? And like, uh, <laughs> it's not great. Not expressing so, much interest at all. Yeah. And so finally, he like came over and we like sat down and tried to start chatting. And, and he was giving me just these like really disinterested, like one word answer. I'd be like, so what do you do? And he'd be like, I'm a line chef. Oh no. And like, it's like, <laughs> where? <laughs> what kind Just of give food? Me you know? like, yeah. And so I was really trying and, um, it was just not clicking very well. And like, he also like, did, did not do a good job of like representing himself on his dating profile. Like all of his photos were like, 10 years younger and like oh no and it's like that like i don't care that you're like older and slightly larger now it's that you lie about it that's kind of a red flag to me like i would be totally into you as you are right now like i find you attractive why do you feel like you have to hide yourself i don't know anyway so that was already a red flag yeah and like are you judging me for being curvy and kind of like you know like thick i don't know like what what's what's the what's the deal going on here and so um we we like actually end up sitting down as i'm trying to like make conversation happen and it's really uncomfortable and i again i live in new mexico there's a lot of wildlife here we are in the high desert there's a lot of bugs there's a lot of creatures and i was wearing scorpions and coyotes and shit literally yes and so i was wearing like cut off like really short short like booty shorts like really short denim shorts like it's cute like i have roller skates and have my butt hanging out great love it and (laughs) i sit down and i start feeling like the left side of my crotch all along the line of my shorts and into my vulva is on fire like Uh, literally on fire as it were as it were and I look down and the largest fire ants I have ever uh, seen are like coming up and over and around my left leg and up no. into my shorts. So no. I literally stand up and start like scooping fire ants out of my shorts, oh. out of my crotch, <laughs> out of my vagina. <laughs> they are biting me yeah, like are. like handfuls of these fire ants are coming out of my pants <laughs> i'm emotionally uncomfortable i yeah. am embarrassed i am in physical pain and i just look at this homie, dude and say <laughs> homie's doing like, nothing right he's just kind of like are you okay, bro? Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. That's and crazy. I was like, I have ants in my pants. And 
like, just leave. Just like turn <laughs> <laughs> Like it, it, it was more like a like like a more like picking up change. More like picking up change. You were doing you were ska dancing. <laughs> that is exactly what I was doing. And we never spoke again. Like that's literally how I left. I went home. He gave you no fault. Like aside from this guy sucks, disinterested. Even if you're not feeling somebody, no. if you see somebody get like invaded by fire ants like, like that, how are you not like? Are you cool? That was some chill. crazy shit. <laughs> that was insane. Is your vulva intact? Like, <laughs> literally. What the fuck. So I was not sexually assaulted by a person. I was sexually assaulted by fire ants. By ants. God yeah. damn. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Have we had a yeah. wildlife attack one? Audrey? I don't think we've I had a wildlife attack. This, this is new. fucking crazy. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, Holy embarrassing. Fuck. I love telling that story, but it's crazy. It's crazy, at least. So that's the one that God, came to I mind. God, I love it. <laughs> what that's a one of those tale. ones that is an incredible story, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure like funny in retrospect. But I got, <laughs> I got fucking fucked up by fire ants as a kid. Those things are no joke. It's yeah, so yeah. fucking scary. And like, look up the ones in New Mexico. They're like big. They're like We're thick. It out. Like they're Mexico. they're big and they're red, and um, they they are not the li- little fire ants that we had in Alabama growing up. That's for sure. So, oh my god. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Google imaging New Mexico fire ants, and these things are fucked up looking. Oh yeah. We got Jesus some gnarly God. bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last weekend, or 4th of July weekend, I guess, um, I was at Sunburn, which is the regional Burning Man in New Mexico. And like 16 of my friends, a bunch of my polycule went down and we had a great time. But those ants were fucking everywhere because uh. this year's burn was out in Roswell. So I, I actually am recovering from a couple of bites from them still. Oh, and so that, that story came up a lot as people would get, get bitten at the <laughs> festival. You're like, well, at least they're not in your vulva, okay? At least they didn't <laughs> shred your genitals. <laughs> but then they actually did shred someone's genitals. My friend oh, left no. his... We were naked a lot. It's Burning Man. And my friend Fair, left yeah. his pile of clothes near one that he didn't realize. And they got in his shorts and it was the Ooh. whole thing. And I was like, I, you feel my pain. You know I'm not alone anymore so yeah <laughs> well thank you for the story cue the, cue the musical number of you and him talking about did you feel the fire <laughs> yes fire um, ant with me is that anything fire walk with me yeah totally so i don't know if either of you watch buffy but there's also a musical episode of buffy and uh there's a song about fire and oh yeah yeah i touch the fire and it frees me, but instead I touch the fire and it bites me. And it, and it bites me. my genitals. <laughs> bites, bites my pussy. <laughs> I guess we saw. Uh, or can, Audrey, did we go on fangs for the memories together? Or did we? Go yes, separately? we did. We did. We watched we, the I've been on separately. Show. I went on with Corla. Oh, a Shouts out to them. That's my. That's my Buffy knowledge. Well, thank yeah. you for the story. How how do we feel about uh, like um, how about we well uh, how about we go attack this qu- a question box is like a nest of fire ants and we gotta yeah. we gotta Love get it. them all. What Love we it. Say? We, we <laughs> brush yeah. off these question ants. 
get them Very out of our vulvas. <laughs> let's get this. Let's get these question ants out of our vulvas. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, what's up? It's me, Ant Colony Donovan. I'm like a distributed intelligence across many little nodes with six legs and chompy choppers. Oh, look over. It's the queen over there. What's this? She's wearing some kind of ant headphones. Hey, queen, I wonder what you're bopping on those ant phones. And then the queen is, has a different voice for some reason. I'm listening to Radio Free Tote Bag Podcast. As the queen of this ant nest, I have many relationships. <laughs> and this helps me to answer the questions that I have about them. Oh, wow, that's incredible, Queen Ant. Uh, where could I find episodes and maybe even more than just the episodes that we get each week? Well, it's simple. Head on over to patreon.com slash RFTB. Tippy tap your ant legs on your ant <laughs> keyboard. And for a mere $5 ant dollars a month, you get a bonus episode each week uh, and access to the the the. The nest that is the Discord will even send you a sticker, $5, patreon.com slash radio free tote bag. Um, and now how would like an ant exit? Uh, I'm going to, st- now I'm, I'm scurry back into the hole. <laughs> I'm an actor. Question box. <laughs> Oh my god, look at that chin scratch. Look at the scratch. Look at him go. Lil Frankie loves a chin scratch. Oh! Oh! It's the question box. Yeah, it is. It's the segment of the show where we see a cute chin scratch of Lil Frankie, and also we answer your questions that you send in. Hey, how do I send in a question? You're asking? It's simple. Head on over to our social media, at RFTBpod on Instagram and Twitter, at RFTB on Blue Sky, or our website, RFTB.me. You don't have to make an account. You just click the uh, Ask a Question button, and your question goes marching on and on like a bunch of ants (laughs) right in front of us, and we answer them. Audrey, which question do we want to do first this week? Jeez, he's giving oh you little cat kisses. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> this is perfect. the cutest cat in the world. Yeah, perfect little Frankie kitty. is, is a, a literally a perfect angel. He's, he's the best. Such a he's such My other son. Yeah, he will purr into the microphone, and it will pick up. So, like, oh, yeah, just prepare for that. That's everything yeah. I want. The dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a good I one. Okay. Nice. Him. You mentioned polyamory. <laughs> Oh yeah, and now I feel that we should discuss some some polyamory right here. I thought I was fine with my partner being poly until we got six months in and had this discussion out loud. Had this discussion out loud, rather. Where do we go from here? Now, there's like no details involved, but what I'm gathering from this is that this person was like, "Yeah, yeah, we could be poly, sure," and is dating this person, and then they get six months in and goes. Did you get it? Yeah, he, he loves I doing did. it. He loves it so much. Very strong. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. him so much. He's... I love him the most. Um, he's just got his head pushed up into my neck right now. Like he's just like demanding. Listeners, yeah. I wish you could see this cat. I wish this you is could the see most this, babe. Adorable thing I've ever. It's 
it is so derailing good. me. I just he oh, his head the mic remote. Yeah, but get uh, in there. don't turn it off, buddy. Here, come get in my lap. Let's let's take this. Okay, down. so like a notch let me or two. let me there run this go. beat back. You're a normie, and you're dating somebody who is into polyamory. You get six months in, and you go, ah, yeah. you can't do it yeah. anymore. Yeah, where do you go from there? Um, I, I have an answer, but if y'all want to take it first, you can. Hit. Okay. Hit us. Well, so it's maybe not an answer that's but maybe further questions right so like yeah with the information that we've been given which is not a ton i might surmise that like in theory this person is okay with polly but maybe the partner like actually started dating someone for the first time yes. in the relationship that's what i'm guessing has happened or like the partner started dating someone that the the other partner didn't like for the first time right like something yeah. something has shifted and it's like the first big what i call speed bump on the road yeah. that is polyamory right and so I wonder what kind of polyamory they're practicing. Are they practicing kitchen table or parallel poly? Are they practicing hierarchy or relationship anarchy? Are they practicing an yeah. open marriage or swinging? And if you don't know the answer to those questions, you need to answer those questions for yourself. What do you want? Yeah. What are your boundaries? What does your partner want? Where can you meet in the middle? Where do you need to negotiate and come up with some really clear boundaries and agreements? Because that's the only way it's going to work. Polyamory is not one thing. It's very many, many things. And so what kind are you doing? And if you don't know what kind you're doing, then you don't know where to go because you're not on the map yet. So. Mm. Morgan crushed yeah. it. Chef's kiss. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. Like, oftentimes, I feel like we run into with questions, just relationships generally is people struggling to define or maybe even know what they want, because mm -hmm. I think it can be easy to catch feelings for somebody, especially if you get kind of overwhelmed and in the new relationship energy and you just fall mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. it and you're not thinking, I don't know if critically is the right word, but I guess thinking like analytically about the thing of like, is what what am I looking for here as opposed to just this person is setting something off in me and so I whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's how you end up in a polyamorous relationship when you are not ready for such is you meet somebody mm -hmm. who is dope and hot and you're like, Ooh, you're hot and dope. Let's <laughs> let's do this. And they're like, Oh, also I'm going to fuck other people at some point. And you go, I'll figure it out. It's fine. Yep. And like for some people, that's not fine. And that's that's OK, too. Like if you yes. can't yes. if you can't rot lean with and or rock with that, then you have to be honest with yourself and with your partner and say, actually, that's not something I can do. Um, if this is your first, I'll call it opportunity for compersion. Ah. If this is the first chance oh, you have to yes. be like, I'm happy for you being with someone else. Uh, my advice goes like this. It's going to hurt so fucking bad. Like the first, like I'll say three dozen times it happens. You're going to feel an incredible pain that you have yet to describe. But then they're going to come home and they're going to go, mm -hmm. how are you? And you're going to go bad. And they're going to go, oh, come here. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And they're going to comfort you. And you'll be like, is it really okay? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you have sex with them? Yeah, and it was great. We had a really good time. And you're going to feel the pain all over again, but then they're going to comfort you again. And it's like, this is, this is kind of where I came to with this. 
is it took a long time and it took a lot of conditioning for me to get to a place where I'm like, okay, no, actually, it's fine. Like, if she goes and has sex with somebody else, that's genuinely okay, and I'm genuinely going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of it is conditioning. A lot of it is uh, setting your expectations of yourself and of your partner in a, in a good place and mm-hmm. creating an environment where you can comfortably describe your feelings even when they kind of intersect negatively with your partner's actions mm-hmm. like i feel so bad when you go and see this other person yeah i mean that's what's happening right now it may not be like that forever let's just see what happens oh what do i do when are you going to see them the next time yeah maybe you figure out something to do by yourself or maybe you go see somebody else. Oh, what if you go? Oh, there you go. <laughs> what if you right. get it on with somebody else? Like there's just exactly. there's so many moving pieces and so much to navigate. So uh, if this is your first, I'll say, I'll say it again, opportunity for compersion and you are having a hard time with it, just sit with it and just spend some time with it. And if you really want to give this polyamory thing a shot, just try to endure. It will get easier every time it comes up. This is practicing yeah. something new when yeah, it yeah. comes down to it. And it's an, also an opportunity to learn more about yourself, I think, because yes. like in my first experiences like that, like genuinely being like, yes, I'm happy for you, but also I feel shitty. How do I hold yeah. both of these things at the same time? Mm-hmm. Learning what actually soothes me in those times. So knowing that if yes. I line up a date or a hang or something I really enjoy doing and I'm not just sitting at home thinking about my person being on Right. Date, right. Like that's really helpful. I also know about myself that I, I have an anxious attachment situation going on over here. Yay, me and, too. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing that like physical touch and verbal like affirmations instantly soothe me if I'm feeling insecure about. A Did you read polysecure? So- Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 indeed. Yes, that, that is like the holy grail for me and polyamory. Good book. I, yeah, good fucking really good. book. I'm reading Let's it. Let's recommend right a book. Now. It's called oh, Polysecure by you're reading it right now, really? I'm reading it right now. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> good fucking book. Yeah. Uh well, I feel like that's a good resource too, is if this is something that you're interested in and in exploring or giving a chance at least. I, I have found learning about attachment styles for, mm. for one is a very useful thing for navigating yes. any type of relationship. I yes. think most people have at least some kind of uh, uh, maladaptive thing going with those that you I can think stand you to said work it's something through. like 20% of people have a secure attachment style, something like that. And I think those people that are sounds lying high. if they just came I out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds high. Or like they, they actively work for it. Yeah. Like it's like right. they've been to Dog, therapy. Dog, you, you understand and, we live yeah. under capitalism. There is right. no, you won't the, Like what? That. Security? It's, what? Yeah. That doesn't exist here. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. so just looking for those those resources and like appreciate you writing in to us because that's that's one way is just to hear other people's experiences with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found because I don't know, I, I'm not attempting to jump necessarily into a polyamorous relationship right now. We've talked about my relatively recent breakup, but I'm, I'm doing the old uh, solo poly thing that I realized yeah. I did years ago. And I've been addressing that we're. we're Wrapping around mm-hmm. to something else with this, I think it's a little bit too late if you've kind of fallen into this. But I'm finding a good way of dating is to like, one, you have to figure out the thing that you want or where you're at. 
But getting that across at the beginning, when you're seeing somebody and just frankly being like, here's where I'm at, here is what mm-hmm. I can provide and what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Does that work for you? Do we line up in that way? And that way you're not rushing into it. And then yeah. you realize you want completely different things yeah. and somebody ends up getting hurt. Again, it just takes that practice of and introspection of what, what do I want? And even if there's things that make you uncomfortable with this situation, rationally, does that seem like something that would work for you? And do you think you can kind of put the work in and the learning there to get to the place that would work for you or at least give it a shot? So find yourself some resources, get experiences from other people because fucking tons of people have felt the same thing that you're feeling now. You're not alone with that. Um, And just equip yourself to be able to articulate the things that you're feeling frankly, without kind of getting avoidant about that or feeling shameful about that stuff. Or getting Uh, accusational. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You've made me feel this way. It's more like, I feel this way. How do we ameliorate this? Right. And how can, like, I ask for support without blaming someone else for my feelings? And, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's all very, very important. And then mm. also being consistent, right? Like if you're saying this is what I can mm. provide, right? Like I feel like that's also an important piece of it because if you're coming to the table, I mean like this is what I can provide and then like you're inconsistent with that, like that it leads to other problems too. So like know yourself Definitely. and like maintain your own boundaries for yourself and for your partner. But just be, again, Kelly. minimum details in this question, but the way they're writing this in, you're not like, saying accusatory things i feel like you're pretty frankly describing i thought we were good and now i'm realizing i'm not and like that's totally okay good on you for for writing into here but try to have you know more frank discussions about those feelings with this partner and again look into resources and other people's stories and situations that you can just again know you're not alone with this stuff know that people have successfully worked through these kind of feelings yeah or realize that like that that isn't it's for you for and like, that's yeah. okay also. Yeah. Totally. Totally totally. But remember, if you do want to continue, the very most basic tenet goes like this. What one person does with another has no bearing on how they feel about you or what they do with you. Mhm. So mm-hmm. if you can if you can hold on to that and keep that clear in your mind when they come home or when they come back to you, you can reignite what you have going on in earnest. Mm-hmm. So, That's what that. I'm talking about. Love that. Best of luck. Best of luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you for writing You're going to do great. All right, let's get another one going here. Uh, a slight edit point. Do we, do we want to go like 15 minutes long so we can get some some uh, more questions? As long as you got time. I'm good with yeah. that. I, I I haven't, I like as long as I'm like hopping off by about seven, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, Ooh, I'm uh, I'm a long-winded one. I should have warned you. All of my podcasts no, run long. <laughs> ex- extremely good stuff to get into at the at the beginning. But I'm uh, we're already giving kick-ass advice, so I'm like, I want to I want to get to more than just a couple questions. All yeah, right, let's sick. Let's see what else we got in here. What else we got in here? Hey, gang. Hello. Hey, what's up, sport? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> I'm newish to the show, so maybe you've covered this before. I was raised Catholic, same baby, which uh, mm-hmm. messed me up dating and sex wise, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the point that I'm 29 and have barely dated at all. I'm super uptight. I don't want to be, and I'm working on it. 
Now I'm seeing someone who obviously has a lot not more obviously. experience. Yeah, not, maybe not they obviously. don't. You know, has a lot more experience, and it's a problem. Like for instance, in the middle of sex the other day, he asked if I could do something, and I kind of just froze. It wasn't even anything weird. I just felt put on the spot. Once I had a second to think about it, I would have been fine with it, but by then the moment had passed. Do y'all have any tips for loosening up and just being in the goddamn moment? Hmm. I got a shortcut. What you got? If you enjoy alcohol, that helps some oh, sometimes. Oh no. Don't you wanna, <laughs> just have a just have a beer. Have a beer. Don't get wild with it. Yeah. yeah. Have a okay. beer. But an amazing thing. Well, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I'll try it. You know. Just be careful about that being a crutch, though. I just yeah, I, I, I get I get I worry about like healthy like sexual presence and like substance dependency. Fair, totally um, fair. A hundred percent. What's like the fucking? Criticism. What's the stupid Keemstar tweet that Western Kabuki is always referencing? I'm like, I don't know. I have the 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 solution for a panic attack. You just take a sip of beer. Most of the time, you only need one sip. It works 100% of the time. <laughs> Damn, Keemstar, are you crazy for this one? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar place because I, I had kind of some similar stuff to this in the past and social anxiety generally. And I did find, like, this included going on dates and, like, initially interacting with people sexually that like, yeah, to not be in my head if I drank a beer or two, it helped. Mm -hmm. The problem is the crutch element. And right. also, it's a slippery slope with, with the drinking stuff to what if you overdo it and then you're in a situation you don't actually want to be in and you yes. come out of it later and then it's, it's a traumatic right. experience maybe yes. or it's just yeah. something that's unpleasant. There's, you know, I... I'm a little more laissez-faire than some people who are like, you can't drink absolutely at all. Sure, sure. But you, it is something to be very careful about. Yes. But I, you know, I, it was effective to some degree for me. Uh, but I, I, I've gotten past that with, it sounds to me like you've got the you're in your head thing. You're relatively new to, to sex and, and dating and somebody brings up something new. And so in the moment, you... You can't just smoothly, yeah, I'll do that. You have a moment of like, how how the fuck does that work? Or maybe I'm embarrassed doing yeah. that. Should I be embarrassed doing this? Is this okay for me to do? If you've got the whole fucking Catholic guilt thing that you know I got I got raised up with, and I find that the the best way to get through that one is to embrace that sex is goofy oftentimes and inherently so you're mashing naked bodies together it's it's goofy and that's not mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to yeah. be smooth and pristine like that's an it impossible doesn't have to be well to... produced the right. sex that you're having it's yeah yeah and on the other hand it takes multiple times with a partner typically to figure out how each other works and yeah. what a good flow is and not have to be like actively thinking so like don't be beating yourself up for being felt or feeling like you were put on the spot and kind of freezing up. That's something that isn't going to happen every time. That's going to get easier the more that you're with this partner. Yeah. And the other way to relieve that pressure is just directly tell them about this experience and be yeah. like, I'm struggling with getting in my head. And they're going to be like, hey, don't worry about it. We're doing an extremely vulnerable thing together. Like it's, it's not going to go perfectly smoothly all the time. That's okay. 
just getting that pressure relief from them, I think, is going to help get you out of your head, too. Nor does it have to be something that's smooth at all. Yes. You, yeah. can, be, you can be in the moment and they go, do you want to suck my dick? And if you've, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I've never really done that before. Um, just say that. Oh, I've never yeah. really done that before. And they go, oh, well, it's easy. And then you go, what do you, what do you mean it's easy? You just gotta put it in there and move around. <laughs> okay, I'll try it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, break do it you down know, into steps. Do you know how many like porn scripts are about like I'm gonna teach you how to do this yeah. thing? So That's many, so fucking hot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Oh, stepmom teaches stepson how to <laughs> eat pussy. Like, it's that, that. So many people are so into that, right? Like, it's yes. an actual porn trope, right? And so, like. I, I don't know. Like if you're having sex with someone and you're getting intimate with them in that way, anyway, I would hope that you have the kind of relationship with them where you could talk to them about this. Yes, right. Yes. Like I would hope. And if you can't then like work to get there or evaluate what's going on in the relationship yep. and, and think again, you know, because this person who is being physically intimate with you, like, needs to be able to hold space for all the stuff that that brings up from your past, from your old experiences, from what you have done and haven't done and work through those awkward times together and be willing to sit in them and be in them and have, it's okay if the moment is ruined, like make another moment right. later. Like it's not the last moment that there ever will be. Yeah, right. Like fuck a moment, you know, like moments are great and sweet when they align up. But like, again, I love a silly moment too. And I, I have also found that like, sometimes I like, especially like as a kinky person, like in a scene where there's like a yellow light and we have to like discuss something and like, or have a little laugh or like readjust that can actually help us dive back in in a much deeper, more comfortable way afterwards. And so like, that's, that's also part of it. And I would just say like, definitely like talk to your person, let them know what's going on. Have like frank discussions, talk about what you have and haven't done and what you're comfortable with and what you would want to explore with your person outside of sexy time, you know? Mm, Absolutely. And then also if you, aren't very like I was raised in the Southern Baptist church. So not Catholic, but, um, indeed. but I, I was like a very early masturbator. So I'm like hypersexual, have always been hypersexual, have always been like bisexual, even before I had language for it and like would constantly get like caught masturbating and like really shamed for it. And so growing up and hitting puberty and being a super sexual person in like my teenage years, like there was a ton of like guilt and shame and repression to work through the way I did that was just by being a huge slut um, for better or worse (laughs) doesn't work for everyone right and there's there was a lot of like breakthroughs to be had and as an adult having healthy conversations actually entering into intimate physically intimate relationships with people that I trust and can build trust with huge and way healthier so just making sure that like you know this about yourself. You're surrounding yourself with safe, trustworthy people to be intimate mm-hmm. with. Like that's, that's totally key. And also explore on your own. The other thing with this question I want to throw out there is like, as an adult, you know, coming out as non-binary, you know, being polyamorous and pansexual and bisexual and all these different things that I attach to myself, like honestly, like was really cracked open by doing like pole classes and like burlesque classes and performing with this queer burlesque troupe that I do here, like exploring my eroticism and sexuality by and for myself, like in pole class or like 
through an art form like burlesque was really transformational for me as well. And so like, maybe there's something like that that you can do for yourself to like learn about your own eroticism on your own and then have more knowledge about yourself and feel more experienced and confident when you do enter into intimate situations with a partner. I super dig that. Explore it on your own time. Figure out what really does it for you so that when you do have time with a partner, you can be like, oh, guess what I figured out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like get this at this angle and that at that angle. No, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Here, hold it upside down. Upside down. Upside down. I'm telling you. <laughs> How long like... can you hold a handstand? <laughs> <laughs> get it. Going. <laughs> yeah. There can also be like just an exposure therapy kind of thing that happens exploring stuff by by yourself <clears throat> of like you're dipping the toe into you don't have to worry about another person in that moment or if it's something like like performing it's another place where it's it is just you but there's a vulnerability there I I don't have the exact same experience as this or kind of I, my, my stuff around sexuality and getting my head was always a performance anxiety thing. Mm. And I've talked about this a lot this year that I've been working through that in, in much more like I used to do stand up and doing voice stuff. Uh, I've, I've been doing acting classes to be in an environment where everybody is on that same starting page. And you still get built up. Oh, fuck. I'm going to go in front of these people. I'm nerve wracked. But then you do it and you're shaky and it doesn't matter. And actually you're fine. And you get like positive feedback. Every time that that fundamental skill of knowing that, oh, no, I'm in my head or, oh, I'm feeling like shaky or, or unconfident or whatever. Knowing that that doesn't mean that like you're doomed in that mm -hmm. moment, that you can work mm -hmm. through that. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but it's OK and normal to feel like that carries over to like anything where you're feeling very vulnerable, I think. So if this is something that you experience generally with just being on the spot, having attention on you or feeling like you have to mm. perform in a certain way, fucking burlesque or acting classes or anything that you can make yourself face that fear in a more controlled, supportive environment, you start building that skill and that, that really carries over to other stuff. And what I was talking about before with like, I used to feel like I had to drink before dates and like sex mm -hmm. and stuff that has all disappeared in like mm -hmm. the past six months from and a little bit before that doing the stuff I've been talking about. And that's like a really fucking cool, energizing feeling. And I felt it absolutely impossible to get to that place. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling like that, like you absolutely can get there. Just kind of find, find the avenue to challenge yourself without like overwhelming yourself you know mm -hmm. so there's there's like other avenues to kind of address this this core thing that i think you're dealing with mm -hmm. anxiety yeah. sucks but oh, it yeah. can be beaten indeed you know, fuck anxiety but it's also yeah. sometimes that nervous energy that like it can, can be lead exciting you to a powerful powerful nut yeah, it's true. That's true. And and the the space between excitement and anxiety in our brains is like non-existent. It's the same yes. feeling that we're viewing yeah. through different perspectives. And every time I'm like, Ooh, with anxiety, I just remember that and try and like, how can I just flip the goggles a little bit so that I see this as excitement instead of anxiety? Yeah. Yes. 
I am not descending into hell. I am at the top of a roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, totally. Easier said than done. True. Yeah. The more of those you chalk up, though, the the you get better at it, and it becomes more of an energizing thing instead of a like freezing kind of thing. You got this. We fucking believe in you. Yeah. And, And thank you for writing in with this and. You're already going in the right direction if you're trying to address this stuff and figure out how to navigate it instead of just beating yourself up. So good, good on you. Oh yeah, mm. I got a shorty. I got a little something we can. I think we can knock out of the park here. What you got, dear Audrey and Dono? Hello, hello. Don't forget the guest. I'm <laughs> moving in with a partner for the first time, and I'd like advice on how to acclimate myself well and avoid faux pas. Any advice would be appreciated. P.S. You're both cute. Oh. I'll take it. You know, well, they're right on cute. that. Y'all are both adorable. Oh, yeah. We're both doing the chin on the hands thing at the same time. Synchronized. That was. That was. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That might beat Frankie for the cutest moment in this recording. So. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We love it. Um, pick up your own shit is the first big thing. Like, just like you're living with somebody now. Mm -hmm. Don't be gross. Like, do your shit. Do you fucking pick up your garbage? Take the garbage out sometimes. It's, you know, it's hard. I got a, I got ADHD and sometimes it's really hard to have executive function around things like that. Like you see them, you see them and you go, I need to do something about that. And then you go, well, I'm going to go play my hyperfixation for 15 hours. You and know, the pressure builds and the pressure builds and the pressure builds and it gets um, harder to do, but just try, just give it a shot. And as long as your partner sees that you're putting in an effort, then that will do a lot for you. I think I just mm-hmm. did this disastrously <laughs> and i mean there's other fucking factors in this relationship not working out but like i was just living with a partner moving into a place for the first time and we've talked about this like extensively on the show that there is a new relationship dynamic introduced there of now you're roommates and there's you can be really good friends with somebody or lovers with somebody and suck shit at living together donovan i think you and i would hate living together I, I think that's possible. I have multiple <laughs> friends like this or I'm like, I, I don't know if it would work. Right. But I think the, the thing to kind of get out the way there is, is doing some introspection and trying to pay attention to yourself in your own space. What, what's the stuff that's important to you and makes you feel at home? Is there a certain kind of like decor that you like or a very particularly stuff that you're really particular about? that you can call out and be like, this is important to me, a certain level of cleanliness, a certain organization of things, and address that with your partner beforehand and see where they're at and just check, is there anything that is gonna clash in a big way that we can identify ahead of time mm-hmm. and like plan around? And like, no matter what, there's gonna be some speed bumps that you hit living with somebody it's just a fucking change. You can't predict everything. But I think having that kind of talk and preparation for it is good. And then the other thing is just don't assume ill intent. Give the yeah. other person the benefit of the doubt. Because, again, stuff's just going to happen. And it, it's not necessarily they're trying to fuck with you. But, like, 
maybe the other person's got a higher tolerance for like dishes building up in the sink than you do. And it isn't personal, but that's going to like grade on you a bit. And just try to identify what those things are and talk and set expectations, but beforehand so that you're not surprised by that stuff. And then you're already living together. Uh, but there's, there is just an element of rolling the dice on this and, you kind of do got to just jump in to some extent, but try to try to yeah. plan for what you can. Yeah. I mean, like any other part of a relationship, this this part is going to take work, right? Like you're going to have to do some self-reflecting, like you were just saying about like what drives me crazy and like where can I be a little flexible on that? Right. That's usually me in a cohabitation situation. I like to keep a nice tidy house. Dishes are my like we live in the desert, as I have mentioned bugs will get in the sink right like it's just like we i cannot stand like a sink full of gross dishes full of food right and so like i know that that's a sticking point for me but i can be a little bit more flexible on like dusting and the vacuuming and like whatever right and so like knowing that balance in yourself and like what's going to be like an absolute deal breaker and what's not and negotiating that with your partner um and then the other thing that like one of my, my, my longest partner, one of my partners that I have right now and I are about to start doing that we're both really excited about um, is a specific kind of check-in called Radar. And it's from the Multi-Amory podcast. And it's something that like they did and kind of practiced and perfected. And um, it's all of the, the, it's an acronym. So all the letters stand for stuff like mm-hmm. reflect and address and whatever it is. And then um, throughout the rest of the acronym, but it goes through this really extensive list and maybe your relationship doesn't need the whole thing. But part of that kind of check-in is that you schedule them like either monthly or bi-weekly. And at the beginning of the check-in, you schedule the next one so that you don't have to worry about it. And then you go Mm -hmm. through these things and it always ends in a reconnection so that you are like, like as hard as they can get. And maybe you're going to fight during it and take breaks, but you're always coming back together. And it, it appeals to me because like not cohabitating with this partner and being poly for like a year now, there is a lot of stuff that comes up and it's not always the best time to bring it up. Like if we're with the rest of the polycule or, um, you know, something else is taking precedence or we just want to have a good time and not talk about serious stuff. So having those kind of check-ins planned and scheduled, uh, where you can talk about the things that are like, taking care of business roommate wise. And like, I think that that is really, really important when cohabitating with a romantic partner, like making sure that that you're having that communication and it's scheduled and it's separate from, so you're not just every day nagging about, did you do the dishes yet? Did you do the dishes yet? Did you do the dishes yet? And it's like radar is in a week. And we're going to talk about the fact that I'm the only one that's done dishes for a month. Right. Like that's like a way healthier way to handle that. That's not going to actually break the relationship. I think at least let me hit, yeah, I love that. Let me hit you like this. Why the fuck are you moving in together? Like, <laughs> consider the reasons why you're moving in together. Because, like, not every relationship you're in has to be on the escalator. Not everybody, you know, not yes. everybody that you meet mm. is going to be the person that you have to move in with and then eventually marry and then eventually have kids mm. with. Like, mm. we're all mm. doing different shit all the time. Everybody's doing different stuff. And if that's not what you want to do, if you don't want to move in with this person, don't do it. If you're in a situation where you feel like you have to because you've been together for X amount of time, you don't have to. Yep. Right. Yes. So. 
Yes. Don't get on the escalator because you feel like you have to. Right. I think there's a good just idea. We're coming back to this theme a lot, but to put in the time and to figure it out what it is that you want and what you need in these situations and doing that work before you figure it out in the process as much as possible is, is going to go a long way. And it's also just important to figure out how, how you work, you know, because then yeah. if you do end up living together and you realize like you're on edge all of the time, if you're like, oh, this is because I have this boundary and I, mm -hmm. we need to address it in some way proactively rather than just resentment building up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And then the other thing I would add is like what has happened to me, I've cohabitated with a partner three mm -hmm. different times. Um, mm -hmm. None of them have <laughs> worked out, but that's for oh. different, different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, these were all like, these were all monogamous, like old closeted, like I was not my full self yet, whatever. So for many different reasons, they didn't work out. But, um, but what always came up and what always happened is that we like stopped going on dates and we stopped scheduling time to spend together yes. because we were we'll just, just seeing each other all the time at spending home. Spending time together. Yeah. yeah. And I had this discussion with the last person I cohabitated with. We had this discussion multiple times where I was like, I still want to go on dates with you. Like we used to go camping all the time. We used to go hiking all the time. We used to go do all these different things. And now we just like sit on the couch together and like I watch YouTube and you do Duolingo and that is not a fucking date right? Like that's right. not the same thing. Like we're just spending our alone time together and that doesn't count for me. And he was like, well, it does count for me. So, oh, oh well. And so no. like, that's, yeah. And so that was like a, we disagree and never the two shall meet kind of thing because he yeah. was like, wow, this is great. It's opening up a lot more time for my buds. And I was just like, okay, that's God. not, yeah. Um, not and when I'm so, into this war. Yeah, like I don't want to just be your like at home buddy. Like that stuff is cool. Yeah. I just not that I don't value that time. Yeah, we I like way... low fresh hang sesh. I need yeah. intentional time together. Also, I need so intentional sick of that time. Fucking yes. owl! Oh my god, the fucking duolingo! I. <laughs> I am such a fucking Aries. Like, I really want love to learn another language, but the fucking notifications and the pressure from that owl makes me want to just spite him. And I won't do my Duolingo lesson because he's bothered me so much that day. It's like, fuck you, little green owl. No, I hate it so much. My vergosity is like, you can't tell me what to do. I know what to do. Exactly. I know what ah. to do. Ah. How dare you? <laughs> well, you yeah, try to give messages. me advice, like do my do. I'll do it if I want. That's right. I'll do it on my own fucking time. If I remember. And that's fine. <laughs> and that'll be never again. Never. <laughs> I, I got to the point with Duolingo where it gave me the notification of like, it was a really sad owl with like yeah, the anime yeah. tears. And it was like, I guess these notifications aren't working. So I guess we'll stop sending them. And uh, I was like, I won, damn right you, you little will. bitch. I won. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got that particular one too. It's absolutely deranged. <laughs> codependent ass owl like truly <laughs> like i have done too much therapy to let a digital owl manipulate me this way absolutely not <laughs> but then i found out that you can learn klingon on duolingo and then what? I, I was
was learning open. Swahili. Let's do Klingon. Ah, and <laughs> kapla. <laughs> um, I kapla. found <laughs> yeah. bloodless patak. <laughs> I have a Klingon tattoo. No shit. Is it the fucking? Yeah, it is. You're damn right. Yeah. It's, the fucking... it's the Klingon Empire sigil that rules. Yes, I wish does. I knew anything about Star Trek, but I like how excited y'all are. <laughs> I'm, I'm absorbing it second. I, I'm like a, I'm like a supportive dad uh, watching his his kid oh. who's real into uh, what would be the thing that a dad's like, like roller derby. Yeah, and he's like, I don't get it, but I love how excited <laughs> it makes you. That's me over here. Uh, I have never you. seen any Star Trek. So, somehow, I have n- I've never seen any that Star Trek. That seems Let's culturally do... very improbable at this Let's point. Let's do a Patreon series okay. where we watch all of Next Generation. Oh, that's the one. That's the one. Oh, that's, that's the, the one. very one. That's the one. Yeah. That's I the went one. to Dragon Con for... DS9 is really good, too. One of the ones like with Worf. One of the ones with Gotta Worf have in Worf. it. Gotta have, Gotta have a Worf, Worf in it, yeah. Although Jordy is really solid too, and Data, yeah. Mm, man. Yeah, Jordy, I used to go, if you put yeah. Jordy and Data in a room with a problem, it, it will be solved. solved in 30 minutes. In like record time, <laughs> record time, every time. Love it. <laughs> I know it's got like good, like left communist kind of themes yeah. Oh, yeah. too. Oh yeah, I, I know oh, yeah. Aaron's talked Shout about Shout out to Aaron Thorpe. Yeah. But this is just, I don't, I mean, this is a running theme on this show. I just am oblivious. I somehow just avoid a lot of improbably, improbable things to be able to avoid. But I, I've literally never seen an episode. I don't know how that's possible. I know well, a lot of people who like it. Like, everyone likes it. Like, Let's watch I don't, Star Trek soon. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, okay. I, I, I endorse this and, um, yeah, would love to, to support however I can. I feel invested in this education. Maybe Death education and series. sci-fi education. <laughs> and, and, and Trek education. That's right. Uh, or Trex, Trex education. Trex ed. Trex, Trex education. education. Oh, I my like God. Trex ed. That's good. Yes. That be the bonus. Dear yes. listeners, uh, join the Patreon. We're, we're, we're going to do a Frasier rewatch at 500, but maybe it's Star Trek if that's what people would prefer. Or maybe yes. it's both. You just got to support the Patreon. Switch it on and off. I'm going to get on the Patreon for this reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, we hit 50 yeah. patrons. Let's we do did. the Austin Powers 2 watch soon. Ooh. Oh, yeah, because we did the first watch. And then. We hit 50. Now, now we're talking shop, but I'm going to plug the Patreon again, and we'll do it more in a second. But sign up. We have a rad community. Our Discord is great, and we, we love you folks. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We have yeah, to give Aries a round of applause. We love Aries. Yes. I You've love been y'all. wonderful. Yay. Y'all are wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, before I can, can I plug my, my death curious stuff a little bit? Yes, please, please do. I would love that. Plugs. Yay. Okay, good. Um, so death curious is on Instagram at death curious and on TikTok at death curious. And you can find the blog at deathcurious.com. Also the podcast there, but the podcast is on Apple podcasts and Spotify and everywhere that podcasts are. And then, um, if you want to just talk to me, um, you can find me through those social medias or my social media is, I think it's like underscore Aries, Joe underscore something like that. I don't know. You can, I'm friends with Donna on Instagram. You can find me. You'll there. figure it out. Search in my foot. There's a, there's yeah. a, there's at least one underscore. I can confirm yeah, I, that. <laughs> yeah. Here, actually, let me just look really quick. It's pulled up on this tab where we were messaging earlier. It's underscore Aries underscore Joe J O no E. That's, that's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. Find me there. 
And um, the burlesque troupe that I perform with is called Quiver and Tempt Society. And that's a fun, spicy Instagram page that I run too. So those shows look fun yeah. as fuck. They are I love the stuff you posted. Fucking favorite thing. Yeah, I'm overdue to post photos of our Y2K pop icons show in which i was both baby spice and lance bass fulfilling my little non-binary 90s dreams let's fucking go it was it was great um so yeah follow us there we do events called quiveroki where the audience sings karaoke and we give them lap dances those are really fun so more photos of that coming soon that's so good yeah my my burlesque handle is daddy stardust and you can find it through the quiver and tempt society handle and then oh also last thing i'll i do so many things y'all it's really stupid we love um, it's really inspiring um, <laughs> yeah. makes me want to do more shit i'm sleepy uh, <laughs> like two partners and a polycule and all these things the last thing i'll say is um my friend olive and i are starting this really cool organization called queer community care that is a an anti-capitalist mutual aid organization um so we're it's events where you can show up and provide what you have for free and you can show up and take what you need for free uh, you don't have to provide anything. Um, we're going to do our first one in August and you can follow us on Instagram at queer community care too. Um, doing some cool things with that um, as well and trying to build that community. So Fuck yeah. 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 Fuck capitalism and each other with enthusiastic consent. Yeah! This is right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's what it's all about. Fuck. Yeah. Well, thank thanks you for so letting me plug again. everything. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. We, from the bottom of my heart, this was lovely. Thank you so much for joining yes. us. Yes. Thank you. Yay. And you know what else is lovely? What's that? Our patrons. Audrey, you heard, uh, what was I calling myself? Ant Colony Dono? I you heard that Donovan. <laughs> telling you about how you can get a weekly bonus episode each week and access to like 130-something episodes in the backlog. $5 a month, patreon.com slash RFTB. But for $10 a month, you get all of that and your name shouted out in lights at the end of each main episode. Audrey, who are we shouting out first? We begin, as we do, with Brock. We're following Brock up with Anthony Limberg. Up next, we're going to shout out our beloved day one, Barb. We're shouting out my beloved day one who tried to call me while we were recording. And I'm going to talk to him in a second. It's my own dad. Oh, <laughs> we're going to shout out daddy Dylan, who celebrated my guess what? I got a promotion at work. How cool is that? Celebrated my promotion with me uh, with some delicious Chinese food. What up, daddy? Let's fucking go. Ah, I don't know what that noise was. <clears throat> oh, I got like whistled in the back. We're shouting out Gigi. We're shouting out K friggin' money. We're shouting out Mall Criada. We're gonna shout out MC Proletariat. Uh, the Thunder from Down Under. We're shouting out Mickey Flykick. <laughs> We're shouting out Rico Suave. We're shouting out Riley from Episode One Hundred Five, The Yellow Rose of Toteland. We're gonna shout out Ryan, Rich Homie, Click Clack. We're shouting out Super Def. Wait, fuck. We're shouting out Spreadable Fruit. <laughs> Then we're going to shout out Super Deformed. Thank God. Uh, we're shouting out Tufted Titmouse. Who had mm. a lovely message for me in uh, the Patreon. Yeah. Thank, good looking out. I got back to you. Good looking out. That was out. very thoughtful. Uh, we're going to shout out Everyone Knows It's Wendy. Everyone Knows. 
Everyone and knows. we are shouting out last but not least, tweet, tweet. It's our good friend, Ren. Thank you so much for joining us at the $10 a month level. I have a crush on all of you. <laughs> <laughs> you truly are the wind beneath our wings. That's true. It's true. You are the wind beneath our wings. Hey, if you're hearing this right now, which is impossible, I'm about to do uh, a little uh, mix in the Discord. I'm going to get on the Discord and tell everybody that I'm going to be mixing some music With here. With new DJ controller. On my little new so DJ cool. controller. So sick. Uh, guess what? What? What's I that? did the intro song. It's of uh, Hornfilter's <laughs> Love Theme from RFTB. You can find it at uh, soundcloud.com slash RFTBpod. Outro song, Rat Curse by the Bellowing Pines. Find it on streaming. Uh, guess what else? What's it? I love you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did it. <laughs>